And the time to start, if you're not living your dream, is right now. Start setting goals and setting out where you set in the course of your life and setting it all up so that you get somewhere in the future. When all that comes together, something happens called fulfillment. If you are not experiencing awesomeness in every aspect of your life, it's just from internal block or barrier disconnect that you've chosen to take on. Life is as easy or as hard as we want to make it. And I got my hands and my eyeballs and my heart around any information I could around holistic healing. And that led me down a never-ending rabbit hole of which I'm still spelunking into the depths of. I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And uh, that's when I believe when you when we really follow our deepest truth, when we really follow our soul, when we really follow our true calling, the universe rises to support us moment to moment to moment. Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind, challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Welcome to another episode of the Holistic Human Optimization Podcast. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis. We have a truly amazing interview lined up for you today. And before we dive headfirst into it, I wanted to share a quick offer from one of our sponsors. If you're looking for the highest quality superfoods, natural supplements, and lifestyle upgrade products, I want to recommend you take a look at Purium Health Products. They produce some of the world's best superfood products by maintaining total control of the sourcing process through producing a majority of their products on their own farms and using their patented live dehydration process, which helps to maintain total nutritional integrity. Some of my favorite products I use daily are the Super Amino 23 Protein Replacement Amino Acid Product, the Love Super Meal, which is a live, organic, vegan meal replacement formula. The Apothecary product, which is an organic, GMO-free cherry concentrate that helps increase natural melatonin levels and aids in REM sleep. And also, their revolutionary first-ever anti-GMO product, the Biomedic which has been shown in preclinical studies to safely remove up to 74% of the GMO insecticide glyphosate from the human body in around six weeks of using the product on a daily basis. And that is just the tip of the iceberg with what this company offers. I encourage you to visit their website, www.ishoppurium.com, and use my coupon code HUMANPOTENTIAL all spelled in one word, to receive a $50 coupon on your first order and up to 25% on reoccurring orders after that. Again, the website is www.com. 
iShopPurium.com and use the coupon code HUMANPOTENTIAL. Okay, today we have a special guest, Richard Rudd. He is the founder and creator of The Gene Keys, and we had an incredible interview um, a little while back, episode 119. So for everyone that didn't get a chance to listen to that, make sure that you do. And today we are going to expand upon a little bit about where we left off and really go deeper into the Gene Keys, but we are going to take a very interesting direction, and we're going to focus on the nature of relationships. So this is really exciting. Richard, I am honored to have you on for the second time. Very happy to be here, Ronnie. I've really enjoyed the last interview, and um, yeah, looking forward to seeing where this one heads. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the slippery slopes of relationships. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and you know, so I want to I want to kind of set this up energetically because this is this conversation is coming at a particular moment in time, literally a moment in time where this weekend I me and my partner um we went through a particular experience, you know, like all of us, we are seeking spaciousness and sometimes in our relationships it can feel a little tight and confining especially if we are on a spiritual path and we're growing and, and kind of our wings are trying to trying to uh, get room to to flap and fly and so we me and my partner went through that and this weekend we had what um, what some people would call like a conscious decoupling where we just basically, sat down together, we passed um, a physical rock to one another, and when each of us held the rock, that would be our time to speak, and the other person would just receive what we had to share, and, um, you know, both of us were very clear that we were going to um, resolve everything that we had been through and really move on and go in our separate ways, and the most amazing thing happened because when we when we bared our souls to one another and shared everything and really honored and appreciated what we had been through and all of our experiences, I won't go into the whole story. It's pretty profound, but we basically found ourselves in a completely new space with one another. And um, so what I realized was it wasn't actually a conscious decoupling. It was a conscious closure um, of everything that we were holding on to that was creating friction and tension and I just want to share that as an opening as an opening kind of statement or energy because this is like this is something that I think a lot of people are going through and in the times that we live in and so this conversation is um, I can just feel it it's going to be so absolutely valuable for everyone out there that may be going through some confusing times in their relationship and um, can use a little insight or a different way of looking at it. Yeah, I, I think it's um, Ronnie. I think it's a. It is one of the richest um, fields in, in left in spirituality. It's a bit like the final frontier, in some respects. You know, you think of those those people heading west in the U.S. and heading into that wilderness. Um, in a way, that's what relationships are now to spirituality. It's um, there hasn't been a great deal of, you know. There's, there's not a really strong tradition in the spiritual paths um, of 
going into relationships and understanding them and working through them. There's there's the tantric um, directions, which many people have experimented with and know about, but that's um, they're not there. There wasn't a great deal of teachers, um, and and uh, I think there are more nowadays. Whether the they are kind of you know, I think we're all finding our way with this, is what I'd like to say. So, um, I think it is a, a, it's where all the edges really still lie for us as, as spiritual beings and as human beings. Mm. I, mean, the, I mean, that's so perfectly said. And, um, you know, one of, the th- one of the themes that you talk about a lot that's really coming up for me is this concept of vaporizing the victim. And it's interesting because I know in my own, when I'm in, when I'm left to my own devices and I and I can just be in my own space or I can just kind of casually date and and kind of go about life that way as a, as a single man, um, I have a lot more. Um, I don't want to use the word freedom because that's not quite accurate, but I have more. Um, I guess I could say certain things don't come up, right? So there could be certain tendencies from my past, some subconscious stuff that is rooted in a victimhood. And I noticed in my relationship, all of that stuff came up for both of us. And, and it can be hard to kind of stomach until we really resolve it. And so I just want to bring up this idea of vaporizing the victim as it relates to, you know, the nature of these relationships. Yeah, that was a, uh, a kind of cute term I came up with, um, because for those of you who um, your listeners who are, who have had a little understanding of the gene keys, um, and for those who haven't, you know the the gene keys are a, are a kind of science or a poetic science anyway of of awakening, and um, one of the the roots that's explored in depth is relationships, and uh, the core of the gene keys is really about understanding these shadow patterns, as I call them. These you know what you just termed the victim you know that the areas of our consciousness or where we you know where we forget ourselves and we believe ourselves at some unconscious level to be the victim of someone else's patterns you know or someone else something to do with something outside us you know and that's what makes us a victim because we believe that someone else is actually the one to blame so we transfer that blame it's a very common thing um uh, if you understand psychology it's called transference you know that you you transfer your blame onto another person outside yourself and that immediately makes you a victim of that person in your mind and in your unconscious mind so vaporizing the victim is about actually going into that shadow pulling back that kind of arrow that you've sent out into the other into the other, into the outer world you pull that arrow back and you own it and then you see where it came from inside you and you see that the place where it came from is a place of lack it's a place where you feel a lack and it's a place where you possibly beat yourself up or it's a place where you were wounded as a child you can pretty much guarantee that or it could even be deeper than that it could be an ancestral um, pattern that you're actually carrying in your DNA. Perhaps we could talk about that later in the call, um, because that's a very um, another profound thing to to consider that is actually influencing our relationships more than more than we realise. I think you know patterns that we carry without realising that we carry them. But what the ancients called our, our karma. So 
Yes, I think you know. There's this notion of of trapping ourselves without realizing it, and I think the moment someone begins to wake up a little bit, the one of the first things that changes is that understanding in our relationships to realize, like you and your partner, you know, you you set a space so that an open-hearted communication can take place, and instead of an argument. And a conflict, and unless you can get to that place where you can have those difficult conversations without judging and projecting the other per- onto the other person, your relationship doesn't, you know, it can't really get off the ground. It can't move into the deeper, richer terrain where all relationships want to go. You know, and they all bring up the shadows very quickly. Well, you know, we we are, we usually have this. Um, this lovely kind of pink rosy phase, don't we, you know, at the beginning. And for some people that can last, you know, some time. It can last a year or so or perhaps even more um, if you're lucky. <laughs> Others it lasts a month or a week or whatever it is. And then suddenly the patterns start to emerge and the difficulties start to emerge because life throws them up, right? So um, it's then that things get interesting because it's then that we have to move through these initiations these these breakthroughs uh, and so you have to be bold courageous you know valiant um to stay with the process with someone and you have to have enough love in your heart i think you have to be able to reach that love inside yourself mm. yeah yeah and it's um one of the things that i started to notice as i looked back was through that, that process um, that you're speaking about, a lot of things in my life, and I know a lot of things, um, especially for, I want to say for men in particular, I imagine, because a lot of us have built our self-worth around stability and um, having it all together. And a lot of the things that I have built or built up in my mind started to destabilize. And I felt disorientated from a particular identity or or myself as I was comfortable with it. And it was kind of like this, this internal and sometimes external chaos that would ensue. And so that victim pattern, if you will, started to pop up and that transference of responsibility sometimes would ping pong back and forth because we were both going through the cosmic cauldron. And, um, but we didn't, nobody really gave us a roadmap, right? That's the big thing that I really want to point out in this conversation. Mm -hmm. I think that this really is going to illuminate a little bit of a path for people that we didn't have a blueprint. Nobody told us, you know, like how to do this, (laughs) you know, we're just like thrown into the, into the trenches of this transformative experience. (laughs) And we both have this sense that this is for our highest good. But, you know, when those those intense moments come up, it's like it can be very confusing. Like, is this just a toxic relationship? Is this just like, are we just wounded healer? You know, like all this stuff would come up. Um, and yet, luckily, we we both have a spiritual practice so we can kind of center ourselves and kind of and we've we've gone through this particular stage of the process. But for a lot of people, um, it can be so confusing because they feel like maybe they're getting a lot of different advice or, or they're getting a lot of different you know, things from their friends or family or people on the internet, but they don't really have a clear roadmap on how to navigate this journey, um, especially in a spiritual-based relationship. 
Yeah, I think that's really true. Um, it's it's an uncharted journey, really, up until fairly recently. And I mean, the way it happened for me was, you know, because a lot of us who are who have some spiritual practice or some spiritual training or interest, um, we then develop our own rich understanding of the universe, and it's a it's based on. Um, kind of perhaps touching into deeper spaces inside ourselves and perhaps places of calm or illumination and um you know that and then those those spaces can be very quickly spoiled by a kind of feisty fiery relationship you know and and so our tendency can be one to, to kind of jump out of those relationships and then think well that wasn't you know that wasn't the right one or that, you know, and then, and then we jump into another one and then that wasn't the right one. And we become a kind of butterfly that's moving, you know, from place to place and, and never really digging in. And, and one of the images that I, I've used in the past to talk about the power of relationships as a spiritual path is, you know, you can, you know, if you're digging for water, you know, in a desert, if you dig lots of different holes in different places, but you don't dig very deep, you're never going to reach the water table. No, but if you dig one hole and you just keep digging down in that hole and you keep going down and going down, even though you'll reach bits of rock and stuff, if you stay with it, you will eventually reach that water table and you'll get that depth. And I think that that is the power of commitment. You know, it's what I have learned and you know, as a as a 50 year old man now, and I'm, you know, I, I've gone through my really difficult patches. I hope, <laughs> um, and I feel I've I've come out another side, and I have attained that sense of stability inside myself that allows me to be in a relationship um, in a very committed way. And I know that that C word. You know, is a very can be a very loaded word in relationships. And here, you and I, as you said, two blokes, two men, and we're talking about relationships, which in itself is kind of quite an amazing uh, sign of the times. Um, but I know that a lot of men out there, especially, will have a lot of fear around the commitment word because we believe many of us that commitment takes away our freedom. And so it's very bound up with the word freedom and what our notion of freedom is. We think freedom is actually external, an external thing, being able to free to do what we want and go where we want and say what we want and feel what we want and, and all that. And when you're in a relationship and you're staying, and my relationship now 20 years next year, wow. um, uh, you know, you have to go, you know, I've dug that well deep, you know. And I've hit those water tables and I've moved through those rock places. And um, I'll share some of that maybe later. Um, but, you know, that, staying with that is what brings the kind of great learning because you have to deal with your victim patterns over and over and over again. And you have to walk your talk mm. if you claim to be a spiritual person. Um, and that's what's so uncomfortable for us, you know, that we have to, we have to keep facing our... You know, one of the words in the gene keys is, you know, th there, are three, there are three layers in every gene key. And the 29th gene key is a lovely one. Uh, you know, there's 64 of them. But 29 is very lovely when you talk about relationships because it's, it's the shadow of half-heartedness, the gift of commitment, and the city of devotion. And, you know, 
from half-heartedness to devotion is a whole life's journey. But you don't get to devotion except through commitment. And so, you, you know, it's, it, in that journey to commitment, you have to learn that freedom is an internal thing. It is not to do with what happens on the outside. You could be locked inside a prison for, for your whole life. But inside yourself, you could be deeply free. You could feel that freedom. And that's the only lasting freedom there is. You know, the external freedom is not real freedom. It just gives us a taste of it. So that's what we're looking for. So, that, you know, for all, all of us, men and women, you know, that's, I think, the real journey, you know, through relationships is to find one and then to stay with it. And that's like, that's a great challenge. That's just, that is the challenge to have the courage to stay with it. Um, and uh, we might kind of think, oh, well, I've got to find the right one. <laughs> and they put a huge amount of effort into trying to find the right one. And actually the right one, a lot of the time it's the one in front of you because, <laughs> because, because it's come to you. Um, anyway, so, uh, you know, I, I, I had, you know, I've, I've learned a lot of things down those years of, of staying in my relationship and, and going through the difficult periods. So I, I really recommend that I, I, to everyone as much as they can to have that courage and to dig deep and to, and to just make the commitment and push through the, the layers. Yeah, I mean, that was so, so incredible. And you really hit on, hit on it. What it's about, in my opinion, is the commitment, the devotion. And, and yeah, it does. It takes time. And that's one of the things in our society right now with the works like the Gene Keys, people like you that are bringing in these, I guess they could be even termed like old school values, but they're just values, <laughs> they're just virtues of what it is to live a quote unquote successful holistic life, right? And I've mm. seen time and time again with um, with men in particular, because I'm a man, so that's easy to relate to, um, that are what we might call successful, that are that are in their late 40s, 50s, and 60s, and I hear the difference in the way that they talk about life and the way that they talk about the things that they've achieved. And, and oftentimes when they're probed, like, you know, like how, you know, how did you stick through it? How did you go through those hard times? Like whatever the case is. And a lot of times they'll, they'll relate to their relationship, you know, that that was the, the backbone. That was the thing that enabled them to be the person, be the man that could, um, you know, take on, whatever the task or challenges that they were faced with, right? And that's such an important thing, I think, because for me, you, you touched on it. A lot of times as men, we feel that we might be feel contained or that, you know, stuff will pop up in the head of like, oh, well, that means that I won't be able to, to in, in kind of a crude sense, like, oh, I won't be able to like see other people or I won't be able to interact mm. with other people a certain way or I won't be able to fulfill my mission because this relationship is taking a lot of time. It's taking a lot of energy. It's like, whoa, how can I really be devoted to my mission and be devoted to my relationship? And, and I'm still going through a little bit of that. But what I'm seeing is that there is this parallel. There is this intertwining that seems to want to take place. And, um, I want to speak into that too, because that, that, point that I just made about 
the, the, a little bit of the paradox of like, how can we be truly committed to our path and our purpose and also our relationship? Yeah, what a great question that is. And, you know, I, um, I was really fortunate um, several years back to come into touch with a man that became my mentor in this area. And, and I found myself, I found that myself in a, in a crisis. I found out my relationship with my wife uh, in, a, in a crisis point, as, as often happens. And, um, and somehow we were recommended this, uh, this counselor, this, this um, man and his wife. And, um, we, I, and I was very reluctant, you know, pardon me, to, to go to America because he was in America a long way away. And I'm in the UK, and um, anyway, so I agreed, and the two, and so my wife and I set off to the woods of Vermont, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, literally, um, and it's quite a journey to get to this amazing man. And I want to mention his name here because uh, uh, he's he's still alive, and he's a, he's a great sage. I think he's the greatest sage of relationships um, that I've come across anywhere, and he operates pretty much under the wire in terms of you know he's not interested in in kind of fame and fortune never really has been his name's don rosenthal r-o-s-e-n-t-h-a-l and he's written some books and uh one of his uh, the book i really want to recommend is is called learning to love um from conflict to lasting harmony and um he you know what he's done like an alchemist living in the woods for 50 years with his wife is he just made relationships his spiritual path and so when I went to see him and with my wife and, and his wife, um, we went and sat and we spent four days in the woods with them and um, just talking and splitting up and talking man to man, woman to woman. And then we'd come together and talk and we'd listen to them and hear about their relationship. And, and they related, you know, we could relate with each other to the same struggles, but they were um, in their 70s. So they had really moved through all those veils and layers, and they still had a, you know, a, a lovely edge, um, but they'd grown accustomed to, so, to, to riding the edge, and so it was part of their love. And um, so, you know, spending time with Don was like being with this kind of living kind of sage of the woods from ancient China or something who just could see right into your soul and could instantly recognize every relationship pattern um, instantly for what it was and and kind of really reflect it back to you in a very compassionate and gentle way and you know so he he kind of showed me this new view because i was trying to bring my spiritual path together with my relationships and like you said i was finding that hard um but then he just he just showed it to me he just said look make your relationship the center of your life you know he said you know you place it in the heart of your life instead of like your spiritual path is the heart of your life and your relationships kind of bolted on over there <laughs> he's he just said try it put it in the middle and uh and uh, it somehow hadn't occurred to me to actually do that and i can't even say how i did that but i made the commitment to do that um and ever since I made that commitment, everything else has kind of come into alignment around that. Um, and it's, it gave us the strength, the love, the patience, the trust 
to keep going and and not just to keep going but to kind of rebirth our relationship um and uh, and and now we've attained that kind of rare stability that you sometimes see that couples have and it's sort of a, a radiance or a glow around them and it's not a kind of showy flashy thing it's just a deep sense of knowing and comfort and ease and we still have our kind of moments of flare-ups or whatever just because we're human but um we sort of know that those times can be forgiven and and we move through them and they just let go of and they go under the bridge and then we keep moving so um don and his wife martha you know they're, they're still doing that amazing work i think they're in your neck of the woods now they're over towards california in fact i know they are um so if any anyone listening really is in a relationship um difficulty i couldn't recommend anyone more and i believe he's still doing the work um and you can find him online and stuff but uh uh, it, yeah, I could, it was a, a great turning point in my life meeting him and becoming, you know, since then I've become a great friend of his and um, and Martha, his wife, and it's just wonderful people. Mm. So I wanted to drop that in here. Yeah. yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's powerful. And that, that's one of the insights that had occurred to me um, early on was this idea of making the relationship the centerpiece of my life and then and I guess that's you know it's interesting like maybe that's what the destabilization was all about because I'll tell you I had financial collapses business things falling apart personal relationships that I couldn't really upkeep because of everything else um like it literally felt that everything around me was kind of falling apart in in what I'm getting a sense of from this is maybe that's the necessary deconstruction to allow this 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 new foundation to be birthed so all those things like business and 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 all these other these other aspects that i care about can be recreated around the relationship as the center point does that make sense i i i absolutely agree yes i mean that was what happened to me um and everything else then moves into the center, you know, with it, because you know that that is, if karmically you're, you know, you're either a renunciate, you know, in which case your path is a lonely path. I mean, lonely in the in the sense that it's right for you. It's a lone, and a alone, a path of aloneness, you know, and you become a monk or a nun or some kind of seeker in that way. Or you are a kind of householder, what they call the vaisya, you know, in India. You know, you're a person that is in the world and your path will be with people and it will be a path of love in that sense. So it's it's path of love or a path of meditation. But as, you know, Osho said, the Indian mystic, he said, you know, love, the path of love leads to the state of meditation and the path of meditation leads to the state of love. And he made a very clear distinction um, between those two paths, you know, the, pa- the path of, of aloneness and the path of togetherness. And the path of togetherness also involves great aloneness and vice versa. You know, so there's a beauty to both of those paths in life. But for most of us, we are on that path of love. And, um, and you know, love involves more than anything learning how to forgive you know, how to forgive the other, but really it's about forgiving yourself. And um, when I asked Don one day, I said, uh, you know, 
you know, this is going towards his 80s now. And I, I said, you know, what's it like getting old then? You know, and, and he said, well, the, the, the good things outweigh the bad things. You know? and, and I said, what's the best thing? And he said, the best thing is that you, you learn how to be gentle with yourself. And, um, and I think that's what's needed in these relationships, you know, is to learn to be gentle with ourselves. Because if you can be gentle with yourself, then you're going to be gentle with another. And, and, you're, going to le- and you're going to be able to listen to the other. And uh, I think that's a, you know, that level of empathy is, is vital as, a, as something that we have to learn, especially men, I think. And it's just a, a special thing for us to learn how to listen deeply. And often our women feel that we're not listening deep enough. Um, and, uh, and perhaps we're not communicating as clearly and as well as we could. And we hear, possibly we hear that quite a lot from <laughs> our, our lovely ladies. And I think there's a good reason for that because, you know, the, you know it's about listening deeper than just your mind and listening into the emotions and where they're coming from and, um, and listening to another person rather than only thinking about yourself. And I think that's the... That's the secret, really. Wow. Wow. Yeah, really profound. I want to, um, now that we've hit the halfway mark, and wow, we've, we've really dug into some really profound pearls of wisdom, I want to, I want to now talk about the Gene Keys, and I definitely, we, we um, want to talk about the Venus sequence in particular, and I want to lead into that in whatever way that you think would be most relevant. Um, and, and also for anyone that I imagine for most people listening to this, they're probably not a student, astute students of the jinkies, or maybe they've heard about it or they, they've, or maybe some people are. Um, but I'd love to maybe just kind of give a broad stroke of what the gene keys are and then how, how we can use the gene keys for relationships as we lead into the topic of the Venus sequence. Yeah, thank you. I mean, so the Gene Keys are this um, grand synthesis of many spiritual paths, and they're based on the Chinese I Ching uh, and its relationship to our DNA, um, which has a very extraordinary mathematical relationship to our DNA. Um, And, you know, without that kind of having to sound scientific or mystical or anything. It's just what I'm really saying is that the Gene Keys is a, is a way of understanding universal patterns. And there are many routes into understanding those patterns. And um, so what, one of the things that you can do when you begin your journey into the Gene Keys, because it's a journey, um, is you can go to the website and you can get the, your your profile, your what we call it your hologenetic profile, and what that profile does is you know the profile is based on your, your time of birth, so it has a kind of astrological component, but it's very different from astrology. And through that profile, which is free by the way, um, you can you can look at these different sequences of these keys that are unique to you. And what the sequences show us is they, sh- they take us on this journey of understanding and revelation as we understand the, the kind of pattern of blocks that are built or wound patterns that are built in, in us karmically from birth. 
And by understanding them with and penetrating those keys with our awareness, and you use the, the Gene Keys itself, the book, you know, is a, is a you know, it's just a big book. It's a way of understanding your specific patterns uh, through these sequences. And the sequences are called the Golden Path. Um, and the Golden Path is a program that you can do online. And so when you get your profile, the Golden Path program, which is split into three, enables you to go on these three different journeys, um, but in a sequence and, and a kind of story, like a pilgrimage in a way, um, that you that you just do in your own life. You know, so you it's a it's a contemplative pilgrimage that you take. But it applies to your everyday life. So anyone can do it. So it's, it's there's the materials are online, the videos are online, the books can be bought. You know, you can read and you can think and you can compare with someone else and you can I mean a very good idea is to take the journey with someone you you know or with a small group. That's what most many people do anyway. You know, they, they do it in their area and they say, Let's do this this journey with the gene keys together. And then they embark, and uh, it t- it's a journey that takes some time because it, it has so much depth to it, and everyone has their own unique patterns and gene keys within it, their own shadow patterns and their own gifts and their own you know um, spiritual breakthroughs waiting. But what it does is it really reflects back what's hidden in our spiritual journey, and it, it's really a map of our karma, of our specific karma, and it's incredibly accurate. But, you know, don't take my word for that. You have to look and find your own path and look and see, well, what's, you know, what's the pattern of my golden path? And so in that framework, the, you know, which is broken up into these three journeys, as I said, you know, the first one is purpose. You know, what is my deep core purpose, my real purpose, not some kind of um, job that I'm here to do. But what is the what is this? What is the kind of essence of my being that I'm here to bring to the world? Um, and how can I anchor that in my body? And the second one is partnership, um, which is the relationship one. And how can I find love and unlock love permanently? Not just to, you know, have a few little flashes of love, but how can I actually stabilize love in my life through living in relationships? And the third one is prosperity. And prosperity comes, you know, prosperity is not just money. Prosperity is of the whole life, you know, and so prosperity only really comes after love. It's the afterglow or the harvest of love. So purpose, prosperity, sorry, purpose, partnerships, prosperity, those are the three courageous journeys that the Golden Path allows you to take. And for, for the average person who, if there is such a thing as an average person, the average seeker or person that comes to the Gene Keys, um, that's going to take at least a year of your life doing that journey. And, you know, part one might, it depends on you. I mean, you can read all the stuff in like a few weeks, but to really do it and to watch it unraveling in your life, you know, week by week, month by month, that takes time because you have to see the patterns actually in action. But when you come to part two, which is where, you know, part one, which is purpose, is the real, you know, is an introduction. It's quite easy. It's, um, you know, it's a it's a pathway through four of these keys. I mentioned commitment. So let's say, you know, you have the 29th gene key as your life's work, then your life's work is commitment. <laughs> or it might be one of the others. Your life's work might be, you know, attaining equilibrium. Or your life's work might be, you know, mine is imagination. 
You know, so it's about using my imagination in a creative way. And there's all kinds of things you can learn. But once you've got the core stability of being anchored in your purpose, only then are you really ready to enter into the field of your relationships. And for me, you know, all of the jinkies came as, a, as flashes of revelation. You know, they were sort of downloaded into me, the understanding of them. And there's a real sort of sacred geometry to it all. And, and it's, it, you know, when you get into it, and you, you really see the patterns are beautiful. Um, and and you, you're, because you're looking at these different shadows that, were, that we've brought into the world karmically, and you see precisely what your shadow patterns are in, in, in your relationships. And until you understand those shadow patterns and you let them go and you transform them, they will keep on dogging your relationships over and over and over and over again. And if you move relationship, the same pattern will come again because you haven't seen it and transformed it because inside every shadow is a gift so you have to have the courageous you know the, the daring to look into the shadow and then understand it and then forgive and let go and and relationships give us the perfect mirror for doing that work so part two is, is called the venus sequence it has to do with positions of venus and mars when we were born and um and you can see that in in the in those patterns of that Venus sequence are some really profound karmic lessons for us to learn. So it shows you specifically what your sequence of patterns are that you are here to learn from relationships. I mean, if I give you an example, you know, in the first seven years of our lives, we are imprinted at a very deep physical level with a a specific wound pattern and however it happened is secondary you know whatever happened to us in those first seven years there's always something um the shadow was literally imprinted in uh, the structure of our body and so it emerges when we feel threatened in relationships later and it will continue to emerge so there's a seven, there's a kind of a little child in each of us and there are layers of these patterns that form and crystallize through our childhood. So there's also a teenage one and there's a, there's a puberty one. And, and there are layers of them. And they kind of, they're wound into our DNA in a really incredible way. But each one of them gives us an opportunity to heal something. And in that healing lies a gift waiting to emerge like a flower waiting to blossom. And so... That's how you know. This was the. This is what I was. I was given in the middle of my one of my mystical experiences, and you know, I was a spiritual man. I still am, but then I was given this relationship kind of teaching, and I was in a relationship, and I really had to apply it, and it was a big shock to me because it was like switching on all the lights, and until that moment, I'd been kind of in the darkness, and I hadn't really seen my own patterns in detail, and then suddenly I saw them and all the lights were on and it was like oh my god it was just it was so painful just to see them all playing out these shadows but seeing them was the first step in then healing them and that's what the venus work is all about in the gene keys if you come into it you know and i always recommend you do it with a group or with a, a friend or with a, a loved one 
or with a guide, someone that knows the terrain and, and has done the Venus sequence in depth um, over many years, and they will be able to help you um, go through that process and see those patterns in action in your relationships. And so it's a very precise and accurate map of our wounding. <laughs> and because it's that, it's not something that, you know, not everyone is drawn to that because that's a heavy piece of mapping to look at. <laughs> um, but on the other side of that map are what's called the cities, you know, and the cities are our divine attributes. And so in the modern world, the spiritual path really is through relationships. It's the quickest spiritual path there is. Uh, because the intensity of the karma allows us to move very swiftly through some deep transformations that actually take place, in, as in my experience, through our literal DNA. And then this, this, this light awakens inside us. Um, so that's, in a way, a very short, well, as, as short as I can make it, a, an introduction to the work of the Venus Sequence. And you can find it on my website, genekeys.com, the stuff under the golden path. Um, and I, it's, a, it's a journey I just absolutely recommend to everyone. Um, and, you know, you, so you should take it in sequence. You start with part one, then you do part two and um, because you're ready. So, yeah, it, it's quite an amazing thing. It's, it, I, I can hold my hand on my heart and say, it's the most powerful thing I've ever done in my life. And it's the, it's the biggest, it's the most important part of my teaching that I bring to the world. And there are lots of things I bring, but this is the most important um, because it works. <laughs> and I've, I have many, many, many people who, uh, who have experienced it working and it's helped them in so many ways. It's helped them understand their children. It's helped them understand their husbands, their wives, their fathers, their mothers, and it's helped their marriages, and it's helped their divorces, and it's helped, you know, it just helps with relationships, full stop. Because you can see your pattern, and you can extricate your pattern from someone else's pattern. And that's gold dust, to be able to do that. Um, because then you're, you, can, you, you can actually be in, in enough free inner space to experience your heart opening, and to stay open. And so that's, yeah, mm -hmm. a long... <laughs> Spielberg. No, it's it's fantastic, and it, it's um, yeah. I've I've had a lot of friends that are deep in the Gene Keys work tell me about the Venus sequence and how powerful it was for them. And and I hadn't taken it yet. They hadn't called to me. It's kind of like um, you know plant medicines. And when these things call, you go, but you don't go until they call. Um, mm. And so that's kind of uh now i'm kind of feeling the call now so this is perfect for me but for, for everyone else out there knowing that the gene keys is like the foundation it's the, it's where you start and then as you move through these over time then the venus sequence is like it's stage two in this particular um, process or transformation yeah it is and it, you know it's really the one that everyone's looking for because it's love yeah, you know, and and if you have love in your life, in your heart, you don't need anything else. You really don't need anything at all. You don't need anything. <laughs> you don't need money. You don't need anything. And so the Venus sequence is really coming home. All those things are nice to have, but I think what you just said, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to highlight that, and maybe 
um, this is really something's coming through and what you just said, because so often we say and we make ourselves feel better by saying, oh, I don't need money or I don't need these things. But obviously these are these are things that we we need in a particular society the way it's set up. But what you're saying is that in your heart, if you have love, you don't need like I want to I just want to kind of unpack that word need for a moment because some people may not quite know what you mean by that. I just want to hit that. Sure. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's it's my heart speaking, just saying, you, you know, it like you don't need anything. <laughs> it, it's the importance and the vitality of love. You know, when you get to the end of your life and you're on your deathbed and, you know, and people, you know, who've done detailed inquiries of dying people, when you when they say when you're talking to them and they and they ask them these questions about their life, the things that they say are most important are love, you know, love and their friends and whether they've fulfilled the sense of purpose in their life. But love is usually paramount. Uh, you know, it's where, what we have at the beginning and it's what we have at the end. And if we can have it in the middle as well, then is, that's like a perfect life in a way. So, yeah, you're right. Of course, I'm, you don't have to take that literally because there are many things we we it's it's correct to have in the world and um, and the world is full of, you know, all kinds of juicy things and fruits and 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 things for us to feast on and experiences. And it's, it's but the 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 bottom line is that unless you have love, mm. none of that other stuff really kind of sings, right. does it? Right. Absolutely. That's absolutely the truth in my life. I think pretty much everyone I've talked to that's. Um, matured in their life can pretty much attest yeah. to that, right? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, there may be people listening to this call who are who are feeling alone or lonely, and they they would like to find love outside in a relationship, mm-hmm. but they 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 haven't yet found it because um, there are many people in that. What you know, I can sit here and I'm in a kind of fulfilling marriage, and uh, you know, some people are like, how do I find that person? That's the what they. They often ask, how do I find this person? Of course, that's a, an unanswerable question. Um, but, you know, the, the feeling of love is, a, is an internal flowering. And it can be triggered by many things on the outside. It doesn't have to be triggered by a relationship with a person. Um, it's one of the best ways. It could be triggered with a relationship with an animal or a, a place or, you know, many different things in the world um, or just friendships. You know, when we talk about relationships, you know, friendships are just of, of like huge importance in our lives to cultivate and nurture our close friendships and to carry those friendships into, you know, into our relation, into our kind of intimate relationships as well. Um, you know, it's really important to to be able to kind of recognize those those essential things like friendships. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you you uh, you uh, said that. And um, I'm 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 wanting to ask you. I'm looking at my chart and my hologenetic profile. And one of the areas I have on my radiance bubble is five five point two, which is 
freedom, freedom, victimization, and then I have line two, which is marriage. And mm. so I'm curious, like, I'm just looking at it and automatically my mind is like, oh, you're meant to be married. But I, I don't know if that's like really like no. what it actually means. No. Well, it's not literal and none of those lines are literal. But okay. when you, yeah, when you, it can be literal. When, when you study the gene keys and you go and you kind of read up on all those lines, um, you get to see their underlying meaning. And so in the I Ching, there are six different potential lines in each hexagram. So each gene key has six versions, if you like. And um, so every line two of a, of a gene key, of which there are 64 possibilities, is a line. You know, So if you have a, a line two somewhere, then it is a preponderance towards a, a marriage of your energies with one other thing or one other person. Um, so it is a it is a one to one relationship that is wanting to take place through that. Like if you have a third line, it's a group. That doesn't mean you have to have group sex or anything. It's <laughs> it 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 means that your your environment, your preferred environment for that might be a family or a small group or a business team or a group of friends. But the second line is really like one to one. Just as the first line is aloneness. And the second line, so if you have that there in your 55th gene key, for example, which is all freedom, um, and as you said, the second line is in itself is about freedom, you can see that freedom is a, it will be a huge dominant concern in your life and, and a great teaching that all your relationships will bring you, like, how can I be free and be with this person? How can I still feel free? And still be with this person. That will be a question you will have to answer through the course of your life. And you'll only answer it by, by being with a person for long enough until you kind of get through the, that, you know, because that's what the marriage, that's what the word marriage means. It means you have to kind of, you know, that lovely figure of eight symbol Mm -hmm. um, yeah. where two things come together, where two circles come together and they join in kind of matrimony. Um, you know, the second lines need that. They love that. They need that sense of deep, intimate connection that's lasting. And with that comes the kind of the journey into the myth of freedom. Um, and because freedom is a myth that the world, you know, puts on us. Like we have an idea of what it means, but it's an internal thing. And so that all your relationships are going to teach you how to find that freedom. And, you are, and, and they're going to teach you more than any other thing in life. So, um, yeah, marriage may be on the cards, but it's, it's really about that wedding yourself to another energy. Um, and like I said, you know, that if, if you happen to be alone, it can be a dog or it can be a, it, it can be a place or it can be a job, but it's, it's, it's really about connection. You know, it's really about, feeling the human connection in some way and to to the heart, anything that just bridges um, the love into your heart. That's really what it's referring to. Mm, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And it, what's interesting, I'm just, I'm just kind of like geeking out on this on, I also, in my attraction, my attraction part, I have the same, I have 50, I have 55, but it's the third line in line three. It says, promiscuity and playfulness so if i took that literally again i mm -hmm. i would have one interpretation of what that means mm -hmm. um yeah yeah no it's it's 
True, but you know, the the, the words that are used in the Gene Keys are very kind of specific because words are specific. Um, but then when you get to understand the nuance behind the words, you get to see, ah, oh, yeah, I understand what that means. Um, so all the third lines, you know, unlike the second lines, the second lines want this kind of lasting thing. The third line is more playful and, um, and can be more promiscuous because what the third line does as a behavior pattern is it retreats and then it, well, it goes, it moves forward and then it withdraws. Mm. And so that will be a pattern that will, <laughs> you, you may observe in your relationships playing out often that you go forward and you feel the love and then suddenly it closes off and then you will find yourself in withdrawal. Yeah. And then it keeps doing that. And you're like, I, I, yeah, I don't know how to control this. <laughs> um, is there something wrong with me? And, and actually it's just a pattern um, inside you and you have to learn to kind of weave the relationship around that pattern and, and for it to be understood and okay and you know, because our hearts close and open and close and open, and and we want to be alone, and then we want yeah, this is part of your freedom thing. You know, we want to be alone, and then you want to be with someone, and then you want to be alone again, and then you want to be with someone. And how you know, getting your your partner then has to understand that that's a pattern, and uh, there's nothing wrong with it. You you know, you can you can learn to master it like a surfer surfing the wave, and and you can both learn to tune to that specific pattern and love it for what it is. And, um, and great forgiveness and great surrender and great um, space can come from understanding that pattern. And, you know, while I'm on it, like, you know, when you get right to the core of the Venus sequence, you get to six core wounds. These are the wound patterns of each of the six lines. And so as an example, the third line the wound is shame. You know, it's a core wound. And so the third line, it runs away from things. Its tendency in, a, in the, it, its kind of shadow pattern is to run from things because it feels underneath a kind of sense of shame. And, and it kind of, it, so in that sense, it's evasive. It can be evasive and slippery. And, um, and I always say to people, you know, if I sometimes do Venus courses or retreats and, and, I, and I, we have a good time when we laugh about these lines, we say, look, all the third line in the room, third lines, you know, hold up your hands um, if you have a core wound for the third line, for example. And, um, and then I say, you know, I'd like to kind of say this to all the partners of all the third lines in the room, so these people... Um, need to know that they can run away safely and then come back. <laughs> and, and so when they run away, let them run. Don't try and stop them. But you be there when they come back because they'll come back. And, and so the third line needs to know that, like when a third line walks into a kind of tight space, it always needs to know where the door, the back door is. <laughs> you know, so it feels safe. <laughs> That is and fantastic. so, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so these are patterns that you learn about and then you can play with and you can see. So if you have that in your attractor field, that's part of how you, you know, you attract people and things into your life that come in and then, you know, and they come in unexpectedly. Um, 
and they can be delightful and you sort of have to seduce them a bit and play that game until you get to know them and then you can go into a much deeper level of commitment with them but there's often this kind of withdrawal and kind of this dynamic that will play out through that line so yeah it's it's uh, you can see when you go into someone's venus sequence in depth um all kinds of things come up that can explain patterns that we've felt and dealt with for, for a long time. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, that, that's, I just got so many little tickles from that because that just explains a lot of the apprehension or constriction that I had felt many times, not just in this, this partnership, but just like in general. And it explains why I, um, had developed a habit of short-term relationships, um, because I needed to do what I need to do. And that's just part of my nature. That makes all the sense in the world. And that's why I do go on my little solo journeys. And I like to have that time. And that's incredibly powerful for our partners to know our nature. So there is yeah. these little stories or these interpretations that are misinterpreted and these little, these little issues that pop up, you know, um, which, which do. Um, yeah. this is a way of understanding like, Oh, okay. That's what that person needs. That's the, okay, great. Like, yeah. how can I give them space knowing that this doesn't mean anything about me? This doesn't mean that they're going to leave me. That just means they're going into their, like as a man, I'm going into my man cave. I need to, you know, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, and I'll be back. Exactly. And they are, they're little stories, you know, and, um, and, uh, you know, so when you do the Venus sequence, you learn these little stories and you begin to see them everywhere playing out. And, you know, you can see like the fourth line is, is, uh, they have their humor in them, you know, and we all recognize them. So I'll give you another example. The fourth line is, is, um, is kind of kindness and meanness, you know, so with the fourth line, you know, they could be the most warm, loving, beautiful person. And then suddenly they kind of just change and their heart is closed and, and they, and they kind of go into this, they give you this look, you know, and this look is just a cold look. And, and it's just like all the love and heart has gone out of them. And, uh, you know, there's a little child inside them that has stopped trusting in the, you know, just stop trusting. And they don't even know they're giving you that look. But when you look at that look, it presses every button inside you because you feel like you're not being loved. And, and so unless you're aware of your own pattern, you know, you could be then reacting through and one of the other line patterns to that. So you, you go into your own reaction pattern from that, you know, whether it might be line one, repression, and you kind of just hide, dig in the sand and you kind of, you know, run away in that sense. Or it might be the, the second line, which is a denial pattern. Um, which, which means literally you just, um, you kind of, you start attacking them and saying, what's wrong? Why are you behaving like this? Why are you being so mean or whatever? And then line three just kind of runs away as we've seen. Um, so there's all these different kind of behaviors that interact with each other through when we feel unsafe. And um, I was giving the example of a line four, you know, if you go up to a line four and they're feeling unsafe, you can say, so what's wrong? And they'll answer you back, I'm fine. Yeah. And you'll look at them and you'll know in your heart that they're not fine. And you'll go, well, you don't feel like it. And they go, no, no, no I'm absolutely fine. I really am fine. <laughs> and they can be very convincing. 
um, and they are not fine at all. They're just lying, <laughs> lying to themselves, and it's a part of their defense and their protection. Um, and so learning to love is learning how to be with these patterns and how to be with the child as they're in the pattern and how to be with our own child as we're in the pattern. And there's a kind of antidote for each one. You know, so with the line four, for example, the antidote is gentleness. You know, you, you just treat them with absolute gentleness. You know, and it works a charm. You know, it takes a little while, but after a while that, you know, it's like they treat you mean, you treat them kind. You know, and, the, and that part of them that's treating you meanly is not expecting that response. It's expecting to be made to feel more unsafe. It's expecting meanness in response. But if you give them kindness in response, it starts to chip away at that pattern and it starts to crumble. And then sooner or later, they just melt. And that's the, that's the fourth line. And the, the third line, like we said, you know, you give them their freedom. You say, oh, it's OK, dear. You run off. You know, go, go, go for as long as you like. And they're like, what? I can go for as long as I like? Really? Okay. And they go out the door and then they're like, huh, I think I'll go back. <laughs> it, it feels really safe there. Someone finally lets me go. I don't need to go now because they were only going because they didn't feel safe. And then, the, you know, so there's all these little antidotes. Like line two is a lovely antidote. You know, line two is the, the one that goes into denial, you know, and, and denial is a pretty intense energy. You know, when someone, um, it can be quite aggressive. And the way you deal with aggression is through courtesy. Mm. You know, and again, it's a very, you know, so when someone's coming at you, um, usually you want to defend yourself, um, and, and, which is a natural thing. But actually, by, by learning the technique of courtesy, you actually disarm that, that pattern in them. You know, because they're not that pattern. It's not them. It's a pattern. And the pattern is expecting to be reinforced so when it goes at someone aggressively or with anger, it's expecting to get met either by defense or anger. But if it gets met by courtesy, genuine courtesy, then it doesn't know what to do. And so it sort of collapses on itself. And, you have a, and, and then you have someone that just kind of spontaneously opens. And so there are these keys in relationship, I, I mention them all in the Venus sequence. So, you, you, you know, there's only six of them, really. So even if you didn't know your profile or someone else's profile, which is a bit of a pain to have to do, um, if you've got all six of them at your disposal, you can kind of tune into which one is needed. <laughs> so it's very sneaky in that way because it enables you to kind of open up love where love usually is not flourishing. So yeah, it's, it's it's a really it's a it's a magical thing the Venus sequence. I'm 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 excited about diving into that and um, yeah this this especially this last ten minutes in particular because we hit on some some parts of my chart and I I could yeah. see I could see even like I could see certain patterns in her I'm I'm gonna have to look at her chart because I could I can definitely tell we have the same thing in certain areas. Um, for sure. And it brings a lot of, it brings more grace. It brings more, um, compassion and understanding. And, um, yeah, it's really just really beautiful. This really just hit yeah. a really sweet note for me. And I think these are, whether someone understands the gene keys or not at, at this point in the conversation, you know, 
what you you know from what Richard just described, you know you've seen it or you've seen it in yourself. We we all play these patterns in some expression or another, and it's really liberating to get to to get it explained in this way where it's like, oh, you mean there's no judgment, there's no shame, there's no guilt necessary. These are all just natural parts of being a holistic human. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they are what I call the sacred wound. You know, every human being comes to the world with a, sac- with a sacred wound. And our, our job in life, our purpose is to get to the bottom of that sacred wound, you know, and to see that that wound actually contains our greatest gift inside it. Um, and that's, that's the essence of, of my work in the world and the Venus uh, work. Well, that's, that's the perfect note to conclude on. This has been absolutely incredible. This has been an amazing expansion on our first conversation together. Again, everyone for everyone listening, make sure if you have not listened to episode 119 between me and Richard, make sure you go back over that because that was an incredible exploration in of itself. And then re-listen to this interview and see how it, it kind of morphs and shifts for you. Um. And we will have all the the links for the Venus sequence and the Gene Keys in the show notes available for all of you to immediately right now go on your phone or if you're listening to this on the computer, all that will be available for you to dive into. And I just want to thank you, Richard, for making the time and really going deep with me in this conversation. This is a pleasure, Ronnie. I, I, I really enjoy talking to you. I, I, I feel how deeply you take it inside yourself. So uh, I couldn't ask for more than that. And, Yeah. Yeah. Pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this fascinating episode of the Holistic Health and Human Potential show. Before you head off, I want to invite you to go to my website for further podcast episodes and tons of free content on holistic health, natural nutrition, and human potential. Please go to www.ronnylandis.net to find out how to take your health and your life to the next level. And also, I want to encourage you to leave a five-star review for this podcast on our iTunes page, which will help me in my mission to get these inspiring messages to millions of people throughout the world. I thank you so much for your support, and I look forward to continuing to provide amazing conversations and content on holistic health and human potential.